This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Good. I am very, very glad to hear it. Today is a very special day, August 29th. If you're listening live, you uh, know that it is uh, August 29th. And our 828 event is going on in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where we all are. You will hear a special broadcast later on this morning, uh, coming up at 9 Eastern with Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe. Uh, they will be broadcasting live uh, at the where the parade is supposed to end. We have the big parade, uh, the big march, not a parade. It's a, it's a march. I'm just saying, calling it a parade, because whenever you walk in the street, you walk on the street. I mean, it's a parade, right? No, it's a march. All right, so it's a march. We have our march uh, coming up this morning, and by the time uh, by the time this uh, broadcast is uh, done broadcasting live, you will we will be lining up in Birmingham for the march. Still, a lot of things going on. If you're able to get there and decided that you didn't want to come last night, come 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 come. We have a lot of things going on today. We have the march. We have the restoring unity events, and we have the uh, we have the uh, Woodlawn, the movie premiere. And so uh, it's still an action-packed, exciting day. And uh, you'll hear all about it all next week on uh, the Glenn Beck Radio program as well as uh, this program. I'll give you a quick recap uh, of how everything went. Um, We will be speaking to uh, the man himself. Uh, Sometime this broadcast, let him uh, give you you the details of what's happening uh, today and tomorrow in Birmingham, Alabama. Michael Pelka's broadcast will be coming up immediately following this broadcast. He's got one hour today. Uh, and then Doc and Skip will be on with a special broadcast from Birmingham from 9 to noon. And then we're back to regular programming with uh, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Paggs, all live, all right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Today, uh, Andrew WK with America WK will be on a podcast uh, you'll be able to download it. Just go to theblaze.com slash radio and download it. And uh, Michael Pelka will have at least one hour and possibly an extra sneak peek hour to download on the podcast as you go to theblaze.com slash radio. Now, is that all the business we need to take care of? Now, for now. Uh, we also, oh my gosh, we also will get into the review of the latest Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, my. Oh, my. Now, there are times. Just let me say, I'm going to preface this, and we'll get into this here in a little while. We'll preface this um, by saying that sometimes uh, in life we find that we have such high expectations for things. And sometimes those expectations don't always hold true. That's all I'm saying right now. I don't want them to bring anybody down, but trying to, you know, trying to win, win anybody over. I'm just saying, you know, it's possible that, uh, <clears throat> possible that everything isn't all hunky-dory. <laughs> 
But we'll see. Uh, 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you're listening live and wish to call. And another point of business, uh, you can tweet me at any time. Uh, and follow me uh, on Twitter, Jeffy MRA, uh, or Facebook, uh, Jeffrey Fisher. And uh, you keep in track of what's going on in Birmingham uh, throughout the weekend and throughout the week. Now, one of the things that uh, I found very, very interesting early in the week, and we didn't get into it too much on uh, some of the other shows, but the um, Old Dominion uh university uh got all got their panties in a great big tight wad over the f- frat who had the the frat that had signs up uh, the first day of school and they were actually i mean i got gotcha, you okay um in today's world when everyone is uptight and afraid to say anything uh this should not have happened in a world where you pull up and say, oh, my gosh, that's funny, uh, this is funny. They have uh, the they have one big sign that says, rowdy and fun, hope your baby girl is ready, to f- ready for a good time. And then beside that, it has freshman daughter drop off with an arrow pointed below. And then next to that, it says, go ahead and drop your mom off, too. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's funny. But not to very many people. Not to very many people. And I got news for you for the people that, what if it was your daughter and you would drop them off? Okay. I'll answer that for you. Um, I would pull up and say, uh, that's funny. That's funny. You know better. You've been raised uh, better. And... uh, you know, your mom and I love each other, and she's not going anywhere. That's just funny. They're just trying to be funny. So go on, get out of here, and have a good time, and I love you, and uh, get your education. Uh, if you're that un- insecure on how you raised your children, that you can't pull up to what authority, they've already decided they're going to this school, they've been all through high school, they're going to this university, they've already decided, and you pull up and you see the freshman daughter drop off, which, you know, okay, thank you. And Rowdy Fun hopes she's ready to have a good time. And then go ahead and drop your mom off, too. I'm sorry. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I don't think that it was uh, had anything to do with uh, adding to the rape culture that people have of universities. And the tweet from uh, Heather uh, P. Uh, at uh, nerdbait plus three at nerdbait plus three great handle uh, we're the driving force of college rape culture and we should be banned from campus hashtag odu old dominion u hashtag rape culture Ugh. stop it stop it but of course the old dominion president john broderick posted a message to faculty and staff, students and alum on the university's Facebook page, expressing his outrage. said the university constantly tries to educate its students about sexual assault and sexual harassment, includes a link to student leaders responding to the posters. I'm outraged. Outraged about the offensive message directed toward women that was visible for a time on 43rd Street. Our students, campus, community, and alumni have been offended. They've all been offended. Our students, campus, community, and alum have all been offended. While we constantly educate students, faculty, and staff about sexual assault, sexual harassment, this incident confirms our collective efforts are still failing to register with some. There was no sexual assault here. 
there was really no sexual harassment. It was saying, hope your baby girl is ready to have a good time. Freshman daughter drop off right here and go ahead and drop mom off too. I'm sorry. I just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it, you know, you can say, uh, you know what? It's, it's you, Jeff, and you're a freak and you don't understand. But they've taken them down. Uh, the chapter members that were involved with the banners, the fraternity is cooperating. Uh, they, the, uh, the fraternity member uh, found to be responsible for this reprehensible display will be held accountable by the fraternity. Stop. Come on. Are they, are we supposed to say the first day was, please, this is where your child, this is where your daughter is to drop off. Have her sign in. And please, parents, you are welcome too. And please, we cannot, don't talk so loud. We're getting ready for homework. And we've got to study. Come on. Come on. It's college. First day. Maybe a little fun. Just a tad. I don't think. I don't think there was anything bad meant by that at all. I think it was just having a little bit of fun. At the fraternity. At the university. You know, like happens across America every day. I, oh my gosh. That might be the reason that it's... Wait a minute, what was... Hold on. i got to find the tweet from... You gotta find the tweet from at nerdbait plus three. We're the driving force of college rape culture, and we should be banned from campus. She's got the picture of the banners, so she's tweeting, uh, you know, hollering at them, saying, uh, "We're the driving force of college rape culture, and we should be banned from campus." Hashtag ODU. Hashtag rape culture. Come on now. Come on now. Really? Is it that bad? On a Saturday to drop off your kids for school? Okay. If that's what you think, that's what you think. All right, where else should we go here today? I'm really, uh, you know, if you're, we, you know, we recorded this a little bit early for you. I, you know, I'm, I'm up front with you. I love doing this show live. And there's nothing I love more than coming in and talking to you Saturday morning. I'm up. I might as well come in. Well, we got travel time this week. We're recording. We've got uh, all kind. We have, we're broadcasting in Birmingham uh, yesterday. We broadcast live in Birmingham at our affiliate, and uh, we've got we've events everywhere. My wife and my kids left earlier in the week to go because she's running around here taking pictures everywhere. I'm going to be uh, emceeing uh, the event. I think I'm supposed to be emceeing the event tonight or this afternoon. The Restoring Unity event, but it might have been that I was supposed to, that I'm supposed to emcee the event that will have already happened by the time you hear this broadcast. (laughs) So, you know, you just, you never know just exactly what's going to, what's going to transpire. But, uh, tell you what, next time. You'll know exactly what happens because it'll be long gone and live. I hope I didn't have to take a cab either because this story I meant to get, tried to get to last week and couldn't get to it. This lady, look, when I, 
When I worked in New York, put the train station, went into Penn Station every day, and you either walked or you hopped a cab. Uh, and in today's world, you could you know have an Uber waiting for you. Uh, you know, and that's only been the last couple of years, which is pretty remarkable because that would have been kind of cool to have at the time. But there are cabs out there; they're easy to get. There's not a difficult. There's not really a difficult time to get a cab in New York. Uh, if you know your way around a little bit, it's good. You know that if you you know if you want a cab going in a certain direction, then settle down, relax a little bit, so that you know you want to maybe go around the corner because you want that one way going the other direction. Because if you get the one way going the other direction, you're going way out of your way, going to cost you a lot more money. Okay, just telling you. But anyway, you ever leave anything in a cab? I can't remember. I don't. I know I have not left anything in a cab. Um. I know that uh, Stu uh, from the radio broadcast and Pat and Stu has left a computer, one or two, in the cab before uh, getting out. I know I have not. Uh, I pretty much am pretty good about that. But this lady in uh, in Brooklyn uh, left jewelry and a green card and a Social Security card in the back of a cab. And she's claiming that the jewelry was worth $20,000. Now, I just want to go on record that if you have something, like let's say I have something that's worth $20,000, and I decide I'm going to take a cab, I'm not forgetting what I have. Okay? I am just not forgetting. Now... You say, okay, well, she can get a hold of the cab company, no problem, and say, hey, the cab that came and picked me up, um, I left my $20,000 bracelet and my green card and my Social Security card uh, in the cab. Please return it to me. Thank you. Um, But she negotiated a flat rate. She didn't just get in the cab and say, hey, take me to my address. Take me to 56th and 5th. She didn't say, hey, take me to 56th and 5th. She got in and said, hey, I'll give you so much to take me to 56th and 5th. And the cab driver who decided that that was cash money and didn't want to turn the meter on. Because the one thing, i tell you the one thing, and I know it's a government thing, but the one thing that's kind of cool about uh, the cabs in New York is that they were made to have available uh your debit and credit card so you know they have a card swiper and they work 95 to 99 percent of the time so that's great because you know how many of us travel with cash now it's very you know it's rare so i mean you got the card no problem good but if you have cash you can negotiate those you can say hey i'll give you you know 10 bucks to take me here they don't have to turn the meter on, which means uh, no GPS and no record of the drive. So she is out of luck, baby. Now, you can hope that maybe, maybe the cab driver finds it and says, you know, I guess I could take that back to her. Where did she have me drop her off? I didn't write it down. I think it was over there by 56 or something. Mm. Where did I have her? Where did I drop her off? Mm, I don't know. I guess I'll go see what I can get for this bracelet. And Well, this green card, social security card, she can get new ones. Trash. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Michael Pelka coming up right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm not sure uh, what Mike is going to be giving away today. I'm told uh, that he had a little, little mix-up last week with the whole um, thumb drive, the stunt brain thumb drive, so maybe he's going to do that this week. I, I don't know. I, you know. Things got all screwed up last week, so I didn't really hear any We'll hear any good gossip of what Mike could possibly give away. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how to kiss a girl? Well, then learn. Stand facing her. Do not tell her your intentions. Do not ask permission to kiss her. Look dreamily into her eyes. You may hold her right hand in your right hand if you wish. It is well to sigh a couple of times about this stage of the game. Whisper softly that her rosebud lips remind you of Cupid's bow. She will probably drop her eyes and blush when you say that. Place the fingers of your left hand under her chin and tilt back her head slightly. Draw her gently towards you. Do not hurry. Gaze deeply at the Love lights which slumber in her eyes. <sighs> Sigh once more. Incline your head towards hers until your lips. But wait! Do not kiss her. Do not kiss her now until you know that she uses listerated pepsin gum. It's the only antiseptic gum in the world. The only chewing gum that makes it safe to kiss. If she is a listerated pepsin gum girl, kiss her. (laughs) Copyright 1911 by Common Sense Gum Company. Kiss a girl. That is great. And you know what even makes it more special is that No way does that add air today. No way. Stand facing her. Do not tell her your intentions. My gosh. You can't even hang a banner at a university without getting hollered at. You're supposed to ask for permission to hold her hand, touch her hand, kiss her. Is it okay to go ahead? Every step of the way, you've got to have permission. Even if you look dreamily into her eyes. Even if you hold her right hand after you ask her, hey, is it okay if I hold your right hand in my right hand? You can still sigh a couple times, but I'm telling you, start whispering softly that her rosebud lips remind you of Cupid's bow. (laughs) You are dead. Uh, Unless, of course, she's a listerated pepsin gum girl. Then go ahead and kiss her. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. 
Fisher Show. Welcome to it. Thank you so much for being here. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Plenty of live programming for you on the Blaze Radio Network. Heck, we've got a special broadcast coming up today from Birmingham. Doc and Skip from 9 to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. Could be broadcasting uh, along the parade, the march. i got to keep calling it it's a march. It's not a parade. It's a march. It's a solid. It's a march. It's not a parade. Going to be broadcasting uh, along the march uh, in Birmingham, and we'll all be part of it. And they're going to be broadcasting from 9 to noon live on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelka broadcasting uh, immediately after this broadcast. Uh, Mike gets a big hour today. So putting in the big hour, he may. This is the secret. He might put a special bonus hour up on the podcast page. Huh? So. (laughs) So. And then, of course, uh, Andrew WK uh, show will be up on uh, the podcast page as well, since he normally broadcasts from 10 to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. And then Doc and Skipper, Monday through Friday in the mornings. You got Glenn Beck in, right after Doc and Skip. Then you had Buck Sexton and Jay Severin and Pat and Stu. <laughs> Monday through Friday, you need not go anywhere else. So. Sunday night, last Sunday night. It's been a few days. I tried to let it breathe a little bit. The new Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead. Now, you know that on this broadcast, uh, on my uh, one of my uh, producers in New York, Aaron Hernandez, also joins me when we do our podcast on uh, Talking Walking Dead here on the Blaze Radio Network when the original, the one we all know and love, Walking Dead airs, uh, which is coming up in about another five weeks. Uh, will be the premiere, which I am looking forward to. However, last Sunday was the... What am I doing? Hold on a second. I can't... Well, I'm talking about Walking Dead without... Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Enough, enough. I just That makes me feel a little bit better. Just makes me feel a little bit better to have a little Walking Dead music play. We'll you know, start talking about it. Okay. So... New Walking Dead. I was so psyched for this new Walking Dead. I watched all the clips. I watched all the previews. I watched the interviews. I watched the little snippets here and there. We made it through the entire show of Fear the Walking Dead. And it was at the end, and I got to the point of, and I know that Aaron Hernandez joins me now. Aaron, I went, got to the end of the broadcast, and I went... I didn't learn anything new. I'm not happy with this show. It was such a letdown. Such a letdown. I am so glad you said that. I I, thought maybe I was alone. And you know what? And for me, I was like, this is cool because I'm from Los Angeles. I was born and raised in the City of Angels. And I was so stoked to see how it would start in in L.A. Now, Now, granted... You know, they, they're they barely developing the story. But, I know. But from I where know. we're at right now, I don't care about any of the characters. I don't care about any of the characters. The one character, uh, the one character that I thought, oh, this guy's going to be kind of cool. Maybe we'll get to know him and get to like him, was the the son's drug dealer who was portrayed as not a drug dealer to the parents but was his drug dealer. I thought he would be kind of slick. He's going to be street savvy. He's going to, we can bring him into the fold. And they kill him off. Exactly. It's Already. crazy. 
It drove me was... crazy. The one interesting character in the whole thing. Right. Minus the fat kid. I like the fat kid. The one that with the creepy, yeah. I hope he sticks around. I mean, I, maybe I like we run it. into him again, but I, I don't think so. I think he's. We're just going to find him with a sign around his neck saying, "I told you, you're all going to die." Standing <laughs> <laughs> a peanut butter jelly sandwich in his hand. <laughs> Go easy on the on the fat jokes, okay? But uh, yeah, I hope maybe he will stick around. That'd be good. That he'd be a good character to have, right? He is. I mean, some somebody else, somebody that you like, because I love the guy, the the lead character man. I love him. And the lady, but they're going to make it so that the lady is the bad guy. You saw how she came in and dealt with the cops, and she's you know she's pretty tough at the school, so she's going to be the one that's the the one to deal with, not him. Yeah, he's just he's going to be the guy that takes care of things, but she's going to be the badass. Yeah, Travis is the name of the character, uh, and he seems like a he seems like a character that. We're all going to have to really grow into. He's not like Rick, where right off the bat you, you kind right. of start relating with him immediately. Uh, you know, he gets hit in the head by that shovel from Morgan. So off the bat, you're already kind of like, all right, I'm 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 into this guy. But with Travis and uh, Madison, which is the name of the the character, the female character, female right. lead, I'm not uh, I'm not very excited about them. And and I'm hoping, and I really am hoping that maybe. Um, I expected so much, and, I, and I, I'd watched all the scenes that maybe that's why I didn't see anything. The only thing new that happened in the first show that uh, I didn't know was going to happen is when they turned the drug dealer into a speed bump. I didn't know that was going to happen. The rest of the scenes I all pretty much had seen. Um, you know, we knew that that we knew that those scenes were going to happen. So um, maybe when the new scenes start happening, like in show two uh, tomorrow. Uh, that, uh, you know, something will happen that uh, we don't know about. You know, they're going to go there. We know they're going to get locked in with this family in the store. Yes. Uh, we know that. We know that, the you know, obviously there'll be some kind of, you know, struggle with that family. One of those have got to turn. Um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe I mean, I've got. I, Do you think they'll give an it, explanation but. to the actual beginning of the virus? Oh, I don't know, but I mean, you know, I know that she was dead, but Patient Zero was hot for being dead. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> she did. Uh, she I did mean, have some rouge on the cheeks, I mean, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. She was a heroin addict and a junkie. Sure, she was eating other humans. So, <laughs> the thing too that, like, I know I don't want to nitpick and stuff like that, but like that was the one most unbelievable part of a zombie apocalypse of a junkie church. Like, I'm like, that's in L.A., man. You know how much that real estate is? That would be at least a Crunch Gym or a Jamba Juice by now. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're not going to let that go to the junkies. But, uh, but I mean, was there anything of the show that you were were really excited about that they did do? Um, No. Really? I don't even – I don't know. I, I really – I don't know. I just uh, – and, you know, like, why would – why would Travis go to the shooting gallery by himself at night? I, you know, I didn't get that. Yeah, wouldn't right? You? And then I you mean, see a pool of blood. Wouldn't you call the cops? I mean, you know something bad happened. We got it. I mean, we know what happened, and he doesn't. Okay, that's scary. And, and we all got scared when the junkie jumped out of nowhere, but nobody else was in the building. Um, you know, we all sh- jumped. Oh! Just like he did. But I, I don't know. I just it was... They got to pick up the pace, man. 
They really do. And I, I really do want them to explore a little bit more about, you know, what's going on in the other states. You know what I mean? Yes. The kid starts talking about it that, hey, man, like I've been hearing these stories. Right. Everybody, they're still calling it the flu. They're still calling it the flu. You know, you thought you were out with the flu. I got my flu shot. I thought you were out with the sickness. They're still calling it. And the kid is the only kind of one, you know, in the in the group of people that we're seeing that is saying, uh, hello. It's not the stupid sickness. Hello. You know, when we get the mom saying, you know, which I love, you know, of course, the government will tell us, uh-huh. <laughs> that seems to work out. Yeah, that always does. When you count on the government to let you know things, always works out. But uh, so, I mean, you know, I, it wasn't a total waste of time and I was excited. So, you know, I was happy to have some new Walking Dead material and felt good about that. It's just. I was really glad I'm not the only one that thought, come on now. Yeah, and you know what? They they put a lot of emphasis on the character Nick, which is the, their son who's a drug addict. Are you in – I mean, okay, so he's a junkie, and, yeah. he, and he seems to want to not be a junkie, but – Guess what? We had when he when he had his drug dealer become a speed bump. They were going to do a drug deal. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm supposed to, you know, how about we let me really like the junkie before he really becomes a junkie? Oh wait, nope, too late. Yeah, there was just so much things like that character could have been great already. I know I'm already putting him down, but there's just something about him that I'm like, yeah, if he gets eaten right now, not. I don't have one issue with. Him. I know. I'm not going to cry. This show needs rednecks with crossbows. This is what this show needs. Well, it's L.A. No, but, but no, seriously, that's why I thought that I thought our slick drug dealer was going to be the L.A. redneck. You know, he knows, <laughs> seriously, the, he's, the, he's the guy that knows the street. He's He's been around. He's got the connections. He's slick, and he's not afraid to shoot something. Yeah, I can see right? that. I can and see that. Was that. A, right, and he's, he, that's the character, but they kill him off. I don't get it. I, I know. It, it really – they're, they're dropping the ball on this. I can see it. I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that the series progresses. But as it stands right now, I know. they got to wow me on the next one. And, you know, what we found out, you know, we found out last week that it's – this This is six weeks, which coincides with the – you know, the beginning of the, the regular Walking Dead. But uh, then we have, uh, they signed it up for 20 more. So, holy crap. 20? Wow. Now, it did break records. I think it was uh, 10.1 million people went to view the uh, the, uh, the series premiere, which is, I, I nice. think, broke every single record for a series premiere. Excellent. I mean, that's great. That's great because it, the, they promoted it great. Yeah. And they did, they did it wonderful. I just think that they... And maybe it was maybe just for the Walking Dead fans, uh, they dropped the ball. And for the new people that they're trying to get in, they didn't drop the ball. But for me, they dropped the ball. They did. You know what? This actually feels a lot like Walking Dead Season 2. Where it just yep. it's, it's trying to build up to something, but I don't, they don't really know how to do it, I feel. Amen. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me, as always, on Twitter, at JeffyMRA, or Facebook, uh, Jeffrey Fisher, or Instagram, at Jeffrey Fisher, or Fisher Files, or whatever the heck it is. Just go to Instagram. And uh, don't forget, uh, all those social media sites, just don't worry about it, okay? Just sign up, tag in, play along. It'll all be good. It's all for your safety, okay? It's all good. Now, I told you, I'm telling you, I'm thinking about, uh, I went, last week I talked about, you know, waiting to get the MRI for my shoulder because it was tough to get into the tube because uh, when the tube is right here in front of your face like this and you're the way, uh, I can't breathe and it's too close, pull me out. Uh, so I have to wait for the open one, which doesn't happen until, I don't know, another week or two weeks or whatever it was. Um, that was fun, too, because the girl goes, oh, no problem. We'll get you in tomorrow. How about 9 o'clock? Yep, no problem. Tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Here you go. No problem, Jeff. Well, here you go. Then what do you Oh, 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 oh. Um, no, it's not tomorrow. Doggone it. I was, I was typing in the Monday squares. So um, you've got Monday at 9 o'clock, but it's not tomorrow. They're not open tomorrow. Um, well, don't forget that I told you uh, at the very beginning, I couldn't do that. Oh, doggone it, that's right. Well, when you, can you, we've got all kinds of time here. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be out of town and I'm working. <laughs> whole thing, you know, working kind of thing here. So, uh, you know, we have to do it maybe, I don't know, in a couple of weeks. And then, well, how about, how about you give me the calendar and I'll show you a day that it can be done, okay? Oh, okay. Well, my gosh, we can do that day, too. Maybe we get you in, like, right at, uh, how about we get you in first thing that morning, and it'll be the open one. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Now, are you going to refund my money that you already took for something that didn't happen, or what? Oh, boy. No, um, no, what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to just credit you credit you okay that's what, what's happening uh you'll get your money uh just when you show up the here's your receipt and uh you'll be good to go uh and you'll be fine just show them that you paid and uh here's your paperwork and everything should work out fine don't you worry about it now, i guarantee i'm almost willing to bet i'm almost willing to bet that when i go into this place because it's another building not the same. It's the same company, different building, different kind of whole setup. They're going to say, hello, your name? Yes. Here's all this paperwork to fill out. Um, I've already filled it out at your other location. Well, we've got to fill it out at this location, too. Don't your computers cross-mix and intermingle all the information? No, we don't have that. We just have to fill it out here, too, please. And then you're gonna owe us. Uh, you're gonna owe us this amount of copay, too. Okay. Um, I already paid at the other place. Oh, they should have credited you. They should have credited you. Doggone it, because we we can't do that. We're not gonna honor that. And you, by, by gosh, is that the receipt right there? Well, I sure wish I could give you a refund. But I can't. You're gonna have to go back there and have them give you a refund. But they can't really give you a refund, so they'll just credit your account, and it'll take. 
You know how that comes out of your account right away? Like boom, boom, when they charge you, and then when they refund your account, it takes, I don't know, a week or so? Yeah. That's what's going to have to happen. Oh, boy, am I sorry. Boy, am I sorry. (laughs) Oh, boy. Sorry. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to the broadcast. If you are listening live, it is Saturday, the 29th of August. We are in Birmingham, Alabama for our 828 event. Never again is now. For more information, you can go to now.mercuryone.org. As as this show airs, uh, Doc Thompson and Skip Lacombe are uh, setting up for a live broadcast uh, from Birmingham, uh, 9 to noon, on the Blaze Radio Network. And uh, we're getting ready for the march and the speeches and the movie premiere in Birmingham today. Uh, Where are you, is the question. Uh, If you can make it, you still have time. Get in, gas up, accelerate. If you can't, we understand. You can still say prayers for us. It's okay. Feels good. Right? Right. Uh, it's going to be a really cool day, and you can share it if you can't make it. Go uh, Meerkat is going to be broadcasting. Uh, they're going to have like four different cameras uh, broadcasting uh, the events in Birmingham. Uh, one is going to be with Glenn all day. One is going to be with the crowd. Uh, there's a company, a line sign. I think that's their name. Uh, probably should know their real name so that I give them a little bit of love instead of uh, the wrong name. But it's um, Airsign, airsign.com. Uh, they are providing a blimp. And uh, that blimp will have a camera on it as well. So you can go to um, Meerkat. And Meerkat's going to be broadcasting it all in just watch the events. If you can't make it, you can still join us uh, via Meerkat and live streaming video, and it'll be you know it'll be really really cool. And I'm I know that last night we had uh, we had uh, the first events here in uh, Birmingham. Uh, I'm can't wait for today. Uh, we broadcast uh, live uh, from Birmingham uh, yesterday uh, the radio show, and then we toured Birmingham. Well, with the Meet Birmingham, and then we had the community rally at Guiding Light Church. So uh, today is going to be another action-packed day. It'll be fun. And most of that will be broadcast uh, later uh, if you're on the blaze. I do not know when. I don't have a special time on that. <gasps> I hope I didn't let the cat out of the bag because probably wasn't supposed to talk about that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. No, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> Shouldn't have said that. Oh, well. Uh, and so 
never again is now. Okay? Now.mercuryone.org. Now, where shall we go? You know, are your kids racist? That's the question. Are your kids racist? Well, how about this question? How about, is your baby racist? Scientists discover a way to reverse racial bias in young children. Not that they have found a way, it's miraculous that they found a way to actually say that the baby is racist at all. But not only can they do that, they can reverse it. Huh? How cool is that? Babies have a racial bias at the age of three months old. They tend to respond more frequently to women who are their own race. Scientists taught four- and six-year-olds to identify faces of different race by name. Within 15 to 30 minutes, their bias towards their own race dropped dramatically. So, really what we've said all along, uh, if you get to know someone, uh, you lose the whole racial thing. And the whole bias thing, and you become, oh, I don't know, friends. So after they got this children familiar with other children and other adults from other races, the kids were like, oh, hey, that's so-and-so. I don't have to be, I don't have to not like them. I can like them. That's great. It's unbelievable to me, really. How are we still fighting this racial fight? I can't believe it. In my own head, I can't, I can't fathom it. I can't. There's no way that you can honestly hate someone just because of the way they look. You can't. You can say, but Jeff, look at that girl over there. See how she looks? I love her. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't hate her. You don't love her. You appreciate and you enjoy what she looks like, or you enjoy what that man looks like, but you don't hate. You don't really love. You know that as well as anyone. It's unbelievably so stupid to me. I cannot believe how we're still having this battle. How we're having this battle. In the United States of America, on the 29th of August, 2015, how in God's name are we having this battle over that person is a different color, I hate them. Can you not like someone because their attitude is annoying? Because their voice is annoying, because of the way that they treated someone else in front of you? Can you know? Yes. Does it matter what skin color they are? No. And I don't understand it. I really, I really honestly don't. I, I was raised by people who were that way. And I know that their people are out there. I just don't understand it. It it makes absolutely zero sense to me how that is even 
remotely possible in someone's brain that is thinking. I really, I just don't, I don't get it. And maybe we can have this conversation, and you can try to convince me that you can too hate somebody just because of their skin color, Jeff. Don't kid yourself. You can too. Just look around. You see it all the time. I know that. I know you see it all the time. That doesn't mean I have to understand it. Okay? Now, one of the study uh, docs said that uh, at six months, the infants were classifying faces into three groups, Caucasian, African, and Asian. He's found that by nine months of age, infants not only distinguish racial categories, but also become less able to tell different individuals apart if they are members of a less familiar race. So, if I'm a white baby, I have a harder time telling African and Asian people apart than I do with white people. That is, of course, unless you go back to the beginning page where they ended up introducing them and becoming friends... And they are, can we use the technique to reduce bias? In their latest study, let me see what he says here, photos of African and Asian faces and morph them together to create ambiguous images that looked equally African and Asian. Some of the faces has pleasant expressions, while others looked more severe. When researchers showed the images of to four to six-year-olds in China, the children identified with the happy faces as Asian the category they were used to seeing, and the angry faces as African, a group they rarely saw in daily life. The scientists warned to see whether the children's unconscious racial bias could be disrupted. They showed the youngsters five different African faces and gave each of the individuals a name, repeating the process until the children could identify each of the five faces by name. They showed the youngsters five different African faces and gave each of the individuals a name, And they repeated the process until the children knew each of the faces and knew their names. And then it was solved. So all you have to do is drill the people's names into the kids and their faces and become friends. You mean like if your parents have friends and they come over to the house and the baby knows them too. It's an amazing... Oh, Sometimes. Sometimes I just want to say... That it doesn't make any sense to me. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying is that sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me. How about you? Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show. Have you ever snapped angrily at someone when you were hungry? Or has someone snapped angrily at you? If so, you've experienced hangry. Yes, hangry. That's between hungry and angry. It's a phenomenon whereby some people get grumpy and short-tempered when they're overdue for a feed. 
Now, some would say that I have experienced hanger before. I can say that I have. I can say that I have. And it's, look, what really happens is you're speaking the truth. Okay, so you, before hanger comes uh, restraint. Restraint, right? And you think, should I say, yes, I want that and I want it now? Or would you say, would it be better just to say, yes, that would be great if I could get that. Thank you. So if you become hangry, the restraint, the thought of that, that second thought, that stop, challenge, and choose goes into, yes! Right? Right. So it's all dealing, uh, you know, the easiest way to handle uh, hanger is to eat something before you get too hungry, right? Which is part of, and I want to throw in, I'm going to mix in a little simple to lose here. Uh, you know, eating every three hours, eating a little bit of something every three hours, which is kind of kind of special, right? Yes. You get up, you want to eat something, you want to have a little something in that first 30 minutes so that your body realizes, hey, hello, it's nothing, nothing happening, you don't get to, you don't get to be... You'll get to be the fat guy today. I'm going to cook some energy. I'm going to burn some fat. And then, you know, every three hours, a little something, a little something good for you. Keep going. And, uh, you know, Dr. Anderson's plan is then you have a little you know, lean and green, it's called, at night or, you know, at lunch, whenever, whatever, however your schedule works out, so that you're still getting your protein and your, your green leaf salads and your carbs so that you're good to go. Um, it's... It's kind of a working good idea, and it works, okay? Worked for me, uh, and it's it's something to deal with. It's easier than uh, starving yourself and then just uh, completely ravaging on food. You know, I watched – I'm going to take a side trip down, but we were watching a show called The 600-Pound Lady or the six, My 600-Pound Life or something, and it was about this lady who – was you know I don't know that she ever did hit 600, but at one point she was five something when she went in to see about her first surgery, uh, at least the first surgery they were talking about. And uh, you know we've talked about it before, but it just seems it. I don't know what the point is where you do give up because at some point you do. At some point, and she's miserable. She was miserable. I mean, she was banking on this surgery. Being the 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 be all end all, and it really wasn't. She finally got the surgery, yet she was still suffering because she was in. You know, she was still in pain from the surgery. She hadn't exercised enough uh, when she had lost some weight. So I mean, she lost. She ended up losing, you know, two three hundred pounds. Uh, at least the part that I watched, she may have ended up losing more. But she was in this great depression. And the doc, I got the impression that the gastric bypass doc. All he did not care about the mental. He did not care about the mental, not one little bit. All he cared about was uh, doing the surgery. Whether they could do the surgery or not do the surgery and whether you would survive or not survive. But he didn't care if you were struggling at all. Zip, not a not. Okay? Not one little bit. So that's kind of disappointing in that by itself. But she really struggled. And... 
I just I keep thinking, what point do you reach? And I've thought it for a number of years. And and being you know, look, I I'm you know eight thousand pounds too. I got it. I know. And I've lost you know, I lost a bunch of weight with simple to lose. I know I've put some weight back on. I'm back losing some weight again because I've got back on the program with simple to lose. Uh, Dr. Anderson's plan. I've lost some weight. I'm going to lose some more. I'm looking, you know, it's okay. I got it. I understand. It's a lifestyle change. It is a lifestyle change. And I, I, I believe that it is a lifestyle change. And it's, uh, you know, you need to, you know, stop, challenge and choose. You stop and ask yourself, you know, what are you eating this for? And then you choose whether you're going to eat it or not. And choices have consequences. Well, good or bad, choices have consequences. You take the left road, what happens down that road happens. You take the right road, what happens down that road happens. You know, you eat the half gallon of ice cream, something is going to happen with your body. You don't eat the half gallon of ice cream, something else is going to happen to your body. Life style changes. Choices have consequences. However, simple to lose.com. Simple, the number two, lose.com. However, that having been said, and they're not, not even a sponsor of the show. I'm just telling you, they, you know, they, I love these people. Now, what point do you get where you, I, you're not leaving the bed? Because it happens slowly and it happens, um, you know, like where it doesn't happen where all of a sudden you're three months and you haven't been out of bed in three months. It happens like, okay, it's been uh, – you're at a point where it's kind of hard to get around. You can still get around, though, and you can still kind of turn sideways and get through a couple of the door jams. And, you know, you can still use the toilet, okay, a little bit. And uh, maybe maybe the shower, maybe – Maybe you might be able to get you know lift your legs up over the tub to get in the shower. A walk-in flat shower, you can definitely do that. But it takes a while to get you hosed off all the way. So you decide, you know what, I'm just going to lay in bed today. And then it's been one day. And then it's been a couple days, and you think, man, it's a couple days, and uh, kind of uh, you know soiled myself here. I'm going to get up, clean myself up, and you s- struggle through it. And pretty soon it's been, you know, then you take care of that. And it's so exhausting that you finally lay back down after all done. And you're like, I can't move again. And you don't move for pretty soon it's a week. And every one of them has an enabler, someone who continues to feed them. Chicken, chicken, I want food. Make me 18,000 calorie breakfasts, and I need eight gallon, two liter bottles of soda, and I need more rolls. And they have the enabler, and the enabler also cleans them, right? And takes care of them. Because at some point, if you didn't have an enabler, you would actually realize, uh, you know, maybe I do need to get up and move and take a shower and clean myself and not leave the bed all soiled up. You know, we joke around about being you know, 8,000 pounds and being craned out of your house, but it is not a good existence. It's very sad. And it just, I never could understand exactly what point you reach, you know, when you finally realize, you know what, I don't care. I don't care. Um, that's got to be, got to be very disheartening. To reach that point, and it certainly was when we were watching, you know, this lady in her 600-pound life. She was hoping that the surgery would be uh, the be-all, end-all, and it wasn't. It, 
She also, you know, you need to maybe, I don't know, have a little help. Go see the mental doc, you know, the psychologist, the psychiatrist. Well, just, just get a little help because otherwise you're just laying down in bed. It's been three weeks and now I haven't moved and somebody's going to give me some cake. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Yes, it is, and welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelka coming up right after this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike's got the big hour right, leading right into the special live broadcast with Doc and Skip uh, coming live from Birmingham, 9 to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. No fear, Andrew WK's show will be uh, up on the podcast page. You just go there and download it. You'll still get to hear uh, America WK. And I'm told, and I don't know this to be true, but uh, Michael Pelka is going to have an hour uh, between uh, my show and the special broadcast of Doc and Skip. But he may put up a special hour of uh, just for the podcast page. But he might not too. You never know. Uh, I'm just you know I'm just passing along. So don't you know I don't want to promise anything. I'm just saying it's possible that it could happen. And then after the special broadcast, of course, you got Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, and Joe Pags all the rest of the day live on the Blaze. Radio Network. We've got some stuff to take care of uh, that I haven't had a chance to get to in the last couple of weeks. And let's let's go ahead and clean the table, shall we? First, let's clean the table on the Prince George and being harassed by the paparazzi. All right, let's have a problem, okay? The uh, pl- the palace says in recent months, and the palace, you know, okay, I, I got the royals, and I'm you know I'm a fan of the royals if I were the royals, but since I'm not the royals, I'm not a fan. Okay, uh, they live a life that none of us. The palace says in recent months, photographers have used long-range lenses to photograph the Duchess of Cambridge playing with her son in private parks, monitored the movements of Prince George and his nanny around London parks, as well as the movements of other household staff, photographed the children of private individuals visiting the Duke and the Duchess of Cambridge's home. Pursued cars leaving family homes. Used other children to draw Prince George into view around playgrounds. <laughs> hey, my kid is available. All right, he's gonna work. He's gonna work for five hundred dollars an hour, and we'll lure Prince George out of the park. Okay, not to take him, but just so you can take some pictures. <laughs> Hidden on private property in fields and woodland locations around the Duke and Duchess Norfolk home. I love this. This is a couple of my favorite things that they've done right here. Obscured themselves in sand dunes on a rural beach to take photos of Prince George. And placed locations near the home of Catherine's parents in Berkshire under steady surveillance. And the last one, uh, they hid in a trunk. The cameraman, the cameraman was in the trunk and had the trunk just popped open just a little bit. So his camera go through there with the lens. And you got some monster lenses now. Okay. I mean, you can go a long way. You see some of those close up some of those close up pictures where they're on the beach, and I'm telling you, the the photographer paparazzi are a long, 
long way away. I mean, it's almost like the satellite shot on the other side of the globe for some of these shots. But the people are not happy. And the prince is like, hey, we want to give our children a childhood that is free from harassment and surveillance. Good luck with that, princey. Good luck. Nobody gets that anymore. Not even you, Mr. Royal. Okay? So just live with it. Let your kid be ta- having taken pictures of. And the problem is, is that they, you know, they're saying that they want to, you know, we'll make the kid more accessible. Make the kid more accessible so we can take some pictures. That's still not going to matter. Still not going to matter. Because the more you complain, the more they're going to go after this kid. And so just be ready. We don't, heaven forbid, we get another Di- Diana uh, problem where we're racing away and some huge accident happens. I mean, it's it's an ugly thing. And I, you know, I'm torn because I think that the, you know, there's a place and we should be able to take the pictures that we want. If you're out in public, you should be able, you get your picture taken. That's the deal. It's part of the deal. You're out there. But, you know, on the other hand, I mean, how much is too much? And I'm, there's a breaking point for everyone. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Then we get news this week that an American citizen pleaded guilty to supporting ISIS. An American citizen who pleaded guilty to supporting ISIS. You heard me, an American citizen who pleaded guilty to supporting ISIS was ordered by a federal judge to leave jail and go to a halfway home instead. That rehab program is run by a group that had no prior experience with the would-be Islamic terrorists. And he was allowed, uh, Abdullah Yusuf of Minnesota was allowed to depart from jail and stay at a halfway home after he pled guilty to conspiring to provide material support to the so-called Islamic State. Yosef was stopped at the airport trying to fly to Turkey in May of 2014 at the age of 18. Once inside the halfway home, Yosef was to be de-radicalized. Through regular meetings with a counselor whose curriculum looked more like a high school civics course than religious deprogramming. Well, let's hope that all works out, because I don't think it's going to. And now, if we're starting to send uh, a jihadist, uh, people who are here in the United States, uh, who are f- actively fighting against uh, the United States of America, uh, they don't need to be in rehab. They need to be in prison, uh, period. Okay, If you're actively fighting against the United States and you're an American citizen, prison. And I'm almost sure, and I could be wrong, I'm almost sure that some people, what do they call it? What do they call it? Crimes against the government, treason, murder, what do they call it? I can't, I can't remember. can't remember what the heck they call it. <laughs> Boy, I wish I could. Wish I could. And we have this. Scientists have created a brain. If I only had a brain. Human brain size. According to uh, Rene Anand of Ohio State University, who presented the initial findings, this brain is the most complete human brain model yet developed. We have grown the entire brain from the get-go. Ay, yay. 
Yay, we've got a whole brain. Yay. It only looks like the developing brain. Its diverse cell types express nearly all genes like the brain. It even includes a spinal cord, signaling circulatory, and retina. So, this may be some sort of uh, way for you to, I don't know, slap in a slice of this brain and have some of your brain go away. Getting Alzheimer's? Slap a little bit of this brain in. Let it grow in for a little bit. Huh? Come on. Just slap some of that growing brain in me. Let's go, Doc. I want to be better, okay? Please? I want to... Hello? I want to be better. Just slap some of that brain in me. And we've got the heroes in France. My gosh, what a great story we had uh, earlier in the week uh, from last weekend where the Americans uh, saved a terrorist attack on the trains. And uh, amazing. That's what we Americans do. That's why. That's a perfect example of why I think there'll never be a hijacking, another hijacking in America again, because we won't let that happen. We will not let it happen. And we're not going to let something like that happen in the U.S. either on the trains. We're not only letting it happen on trains in Europe, let alone the trains here in the U.S. So, I mean, that's a great thing. And I did see a great thing. Uh, I was actually concerned that they would get into some kind of trouble from our military with this administration. But it was almost too big a deal for them to deal with it. So uh, France gave them the highest honor, and uh, our president gave them a phone call. So that's good for them. Uh, You know, France gave them the highest honor. Highest honor. And the... You know, the government was all there, all the all the big shots. And our president, he, uh, he gave him a phone call. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Today is 829 and we are in Birmingham, Alabama. Thanks for joining us today. If you can make it great, if not, go to Meerkat, go to Glenbeck.com, go to now.mercuryone.org. You can follow all the events on Meerkat. We're live streaming the entire day. Um, You can join us all. You can help us. uh, You can help us rescue Christians. Uh, out of the Middle East and get them out into the United States or into safe countries where they will, oh, I don't know, be able to live and not get killed by ISIS. So uh, now.mercury1.org. And we'll talk uh, We'll talk all about the uh, event uh, next week and uh, let you know uh, uh, some of the backstories of stuff that'll happen. You get all the main stories, of, you know, on the big show. But I'm going to give you some backstories of some stuff behind the scenes that you probably didn't know. Okay? I promise you that. I promise I'll give you a couple of backstories that uh, you didn't know. Okay? Now, sex sells. You've heard it before. You've heard it forever. You've heard it from uh, the, the sauce guy, Bernays. 
and he was uh, cousins with uh, the Freud. So they got together and they mashed uh, advertising and sex, and they said sex sells. Well, according to a new study, uh, sex uh, doesn't really sell after all. But as reading it, I think they're talking about, and I'm going to have to read the entire study, but from what I'm reading, they're saying that uh, it's sex and violence, right? Commercials that feature sex and violence or appear on programs with that kind of content are less effective than those with neutral themes, according to a study. A study published by the Academic Journal of Psychological Bulletin, who really doesn't receive the Academic Journal Psychological Bulletin, a violent and sexual television programming impairs viewers, impairs viewers' memory because it diverts attention from the advertising, said Brad Bushman, a professor of communication and psychology at Ohio State University and co-author of the study. Fifty-three previous experiments. Results were similar when ads themselves contained sexual or violent content. It never helps to have violence and sex in commercials. It either hurts or it has no effect at all. Well, that's um, of that I that I believe. Um, violence and sex are supposed to be separate, right? I mean, that's what's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. Is sex uh, is something that is uh, life and violence is something that is oh i don't know death and life and death are supposed to be separated right oh my gosh i sound like rabbi lapin you can hear more from him on the podcast page blaze radio blaze.com slash radio i mean they're supposed to be separated right that's just the way the way it is so death and sex aren't supposed to go together uh, the study concluded that brands advertised in violent contexts will be remembered less often, evaluated less favorably, and less likely to be purchased than brands advertised in non-violent media. Wow. I'm going to have to read the rest of that study. That sounds, that sounds fascinating. Um, we're coming up to, uh, coming up to the end of the show, and I wanted to get to, uh, wanted to get up to one story that's sad and funny at the same time. Um, First of all, uh, not many people have a uh, a tank. Not many people have, I don't know, a couple of tanks. Well, the Jelly Belly family and the Jelly Belly chief executive uh, has a tank barn. Okay, he is a collector of military vehicles. And uh, he stores in a restoration facility known as the Tank Barn. Okay? And they were having a big uh, reunion party uh, in California, the Jelly Belly family. And, uh, boy, this is this, this is family. Uh, this, this means this family's got way too much money. <laughs> That's a family with too much money. Okay? He's like third or fourth in the line, uh, down the line of the Jelly Belly family. And uh, they've got the tank barn. And uh, so one of his buddies uh, was sitting up on the tank. His fourth generation candy maker, Herman Rowland. Come on, man. It's a family, right? Too much money. Anyway, his buddy was sitting up on top of one of the tanks. And uh, he uh, was very sad. He fell off. And he couldn't stop. So uh, the tank rolled over him. Kevin Wright. 
54 of California. Very sad. Rest in peace, Kevin. Very sorry. Uh, but he was up on the tank, and I don't know if it was a Jelly Belly tank. I don't know if it looked like a any kind of special flavor of a Jelly Belly, anything like that. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. Possible that it did, but I don't know the answer to that. I do know that uh, the police are very happy that they're, uh, you know, the family is cooperating, and they believe that uh, alcohol and or drugs uh, did not appear to have been a factor in the accident. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'd like to take a bet on that. But anyway. Uh, sad and funny at the same time. All right, we're in Birmingham today. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for being here. Tell me something. Has anyone told you that you look great today? Because you do. I mean, seriously. You look fantastic. I mean, you're not... You're not really going to wear that all day. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network.